moment and pause in the middle of the day or whatever it is and say, Lord, I want to delight in you for a moment. And that's the key. That's what David said in Psalms. One thing, and I read numerous scriptures Wednesday night, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. One thing have I desired. One thing is important. I know right now, everything is important. Right now, it, all kinds of things are important. But in reality, if you were to interview Caitlin, there was only one thing that's really important. And he's able to get on a plane and get over here. That's it. Well, but it's important we clean out this cabinet. That's not important. Yeah, it'd be great if we do, but you know what? So what? He's coming. Huh? You, you understand what I'm saying? And yet, when we, you know, how much more with the Lord ought it, our heart's desire, and I know we're living in an hour, and I, I recognize that that, you know, the statistics are that churches are, you know, people are going less and they're watching online and they're channel surfing and they're not going into a local presence because, well, times are changing and churches are, are, are shutting down. And I, I get all of the statistics. Why? Because I don't need all of that. And yet, what David said, one thing I seek after, one thing I want to do, and that's dwell, live in the house of the Lord, in the house of the Lord. He didn't have the Holy Ghost, but he said, one thing I would love to do is be in the house of the Lord. And we're living in an hour in which less and less we see of that. And, and what is that? It is the delight. It is the delight. It is the fun. It is how good it feels. And I know, well, you know, it's a hassle. You got to get up. You got to get the kids up. You got to get dressed. You got to, you know, and then one of them does something and you've got to do this. And it's just so much easier. And yet, oh, hallelujah. Lord, we want to delight in you. David said in Psalm 63, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water to see thy power and thy glory. That key word there is glory as I have seen in the sanctuary. What are you saying? And I know all of you that are here, and I know sometimes people can't be because of health, and I, I get it. I, I'm thankful that we are able to broadcast, and we have folks that are recovering from knee surgeries and other surgeries, and uh, you know they've told me how much they appreciate our, our services being online, and I, I, I mean that. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for all of that. But you know what? Still, there should be something in my heart and soul. I can't wait to be back in the house of the Lord. I wish I could live there. 
Now maybe you've never felt like that, but it's just like for a moment to escape all the stuff that I gotta do, for a moment to get out of all the pressure, for a moment not to hear about whatever protest is going on, for a moment not to hear about, huh? Wouldn't it be great to be in the house of the Lord? That's what David was saying, one thing. And, and Jesus himself said in Matthew, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and do what? And glorify your Father. So we are supposed to bring him glory. Not only are we supposed to delight in him, but we're supposed to bring God glory by how we live. In a world that is on <laughs> fire, anger, tender hooks, be careful, don't, don't look at anybody wrong. Huh? You say, oh, well, I want you to know I'm, I'm locked and loaded. Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> they may be too. And we may have the okay corral because that's how quickly emotions and anger and frustration walk along and you step in a groundhog hole. <laughs> Boom. And he said, I want people to see, Jesus said, I want people to look at you and glorify God. Say, wow, there's got to be something different about you. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, whether you eat, whether you drink, whatever you do, do it to glorify God for the glory of God. You say, well, I've got this relationship, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing... Is everything to about one thing? He's coming back. Everything focuses on one item. I'm delighting in him. He said, give no one offense. Don't offend the Jews. That was hard. Don't offend the Gentiles. That's even harder. And don't offend people in the church. That's impossible. You're going to offend somebody. But he said, do your best not to offend anyone. Why? Because of the hour that we're living in. You see, he goes on to say, verse 33, even as I please all men in all things. How do you do that? By not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that they might, may be saved. I have one thing on my mind. I want them ready to go to meet the Lord. That's the one thing. That's more important. Oh, I, yes, we, I want them to have a job. I want them to have a, this. I want them to have a blessing. I want, I want all these things to happen. But more than anything is, I want to see people saved. Is that my one thing? And so when I, you know, when I just give them a piece of my mind and I tell them the way it is, am I promoting salvation? Am I promoting them to get closer to God? Am I delighting in Him? 
Psalms, David said it like this, I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify thy name forevermore. Paul told the church when he was in jail, he wrote from jail. He was not jailed because he embezzled. He wasn't jailed because he, you know, shot somebody, got angry. He wasn't jailed because he had broken some law. He was jailed because he be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here's his response. He, Philippians, it's all about joy. And he says, this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge to all judgment, that you may approve all things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. How can you write that I want you to not be offended? I am so offended. Offended. They threw me in this jail. They had no reason to. Huh? Lord knew I couldn't have written this book. I'd have been so angry about my circumstance. It's not fair. It's not right. I wasn't doing anything wrong. They're a bunch of lousy Romans? Huh? And he's writing to his church, don't get offended. Wow. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness. Amazing scripture, this verse 11, because... In Galatians, Paul said, the fruit of the Spirit is, here he says, filled with the fruits of righteousness which come by Jesus Christ. So I don't know if Jesus brings them or the Holy Ghost brings them or we should praise God for them. But you know, it's easy to figure out if they're all in one. Unto the glory and praise of God. Now, he, Paul wasn't the only one that wrote this. The guy that got offended, that, that denied the Lord, the guy that, you know, would do all kind of crazy things. He, here he is. I'll tell you some more about his, the first miracle and the second miracle that we know, or third, fourth, whatever miracles it was that Simon saw. Uh, we'll read that in the book of Luke. But here he says in his book, after he's repented, after he's received the Holy Ghost, he writes and he said, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. And if any man minister, let him do it as under the ability which God gives. So what are you saying? He said, if any man speak. Now, what does that mean? Preaching? Paul did, Simon Peter didn't write to preachers, folks. This wasn't speaking from the pulpit. Do you know? That's why one writer said, out of your mouth shouldn't flow bitter and sweet. Because when you've received the gift of the Holy Ghost, when you speak a word, it's like the oracles of God. 
you were able to say, I want to pray a blessing for you. Huh? I'm going to pray that God will touch. That's why he said, don't, don't curse. Huh? And, and so he said, when you speak, speak like the oracles of God. When you minister, do it to the best of your ability. That God in all things may be glorified. That God may be glorified. When you are doing your best, you are bringing God glory. When you have something else to say. <laughs> when you can pop off and you kind of chew your tongue a little bit and you say, well, bless your heart, we're praying. All of a sudden, God gets glory. Huh? You say, well, nobody knows what thought went through my mind. I know, I, I confessed. I had four hours and 18 minutes. I was able to hold the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and then she asked me if there was a switch on my phone. I, have to, you have to, I'm not going through it again. I don't know if I had the Holy Ghost to make it. <laughs> what are you saying? I am saying <laughs> that whatever you speak, speak for the glory of God, that in all things he may be glorified, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Oh, that's how we bring delight. That's how we glorify God. Not unto us. It doesn't bring glory to God. If somebody says, oh, pastor, that was so great. I appreciate it. That's very kind. But that's why David said, it's not unto me. It's not about who I am. And, I, and, and if I'm in my right mind, I will say thank you, but I've been preaching to myself or, you know, the credit belongs to whom? Belongs to him. Because it's not in my might nor my power, but I am thankful for his mercy and for his truth. And Habakkuk said, I pray that, you know, the whole earth is full of his glory. And I know we've had folks that have been sick and we've had some that have been struggling with sickness. And did you know that pain and sickness and even death can bring glory to God? Can you believe that? Pain, my pain, my sickness, even my death can bring glory to God. You say, well... Is there a Bible for that? Yeah, remember when Paul said, I prayed, there was a messenger from Satan, and he was sent to buffet me, and I had a thorn in the flesh. The word came unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for thy, my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then you know what he said? Most gladly, verse, the rest of verse 9 says, most gladly, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest on me. I take pleasure in my infirmities. 
in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, I am strong. In fact, he said, I am goofy for glorying. Have you ever felt like it's been one persecution, one problem, one boom, boom, boom? Maybe you're getting goofy for glorying. That's what Paul said. I am a fool in glory. Why? Because I realize, Lord, I need you. It keeps me on my knees. Lord, I need you. I need you again today. I need your spirit. I need your breath. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of having to be in that kind of position. I'm tired of being so needy. You know what? Start delighting in him. Start getting up every day and saying, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that there I'm alive another day. My body may be racked in pain. I may have all this going on, but I am going to say I love you Lord I praise you Lord oh it's you know it's so easy to get caught up in what's going on with me and forget what a great God we serve and you say well pastor can you do it no All I have to do is step in a groundhog hole and I feel like a goof troop. I have to tell you, I didn't wake, I didn't jump up and say, thank you, Lord. I'm in a hole again. No, but I did get up and I said, Lord, thanks, my arm's not broken. My, huh? But it took me about 45 seconds to click over to that. I'm hoping I can do it quicker. Job, who went through all kinds of things. I mean, you know, he realized, yet I'm going to keep praising him. And Jesus himself, when he told John, remember I, I said even death could glorify? John wrote how Jesus told Simon, when you're Old, somebody else is going to carry you. <laughs> when you get old, you're going to have to have help. Oh boy, that's a cheerful thought, isn't it? Yes, I can't wait to get old and need somebody to help me into church. I can't wait to get old and have to use a cane. I can't wait to get old and have somebody have to push me in. Jesus said to Simon, he said, when you're old, another's going to help you, another's going to dress you. And John wrote, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And then Jesus said to him, follow me. What are you saying? We've had so many examples around here I could go through of people that came, their bodies racked in pain, struggled to walk through the door, huh? And those of us who didn't need a chair or cane, we said, man, if they can make it, if they're there praying, huh? 
I don't even want to start naming them because once you do, you leave somebody out, but they're, you don't realize, you say, I don't like going, I don't like struggling, I don't like having to get it, I don't like having to take an extra 30 minutes to get ready. But when you are doing it, you are bringing glory to Almighty God. Just walking into the sanctuary, just raising a hand for a moment. You don't know what it does to other individuals that look around and say, you know what? If you can be there, I can be there. If you can praise, I can pray. If you can raise your hands, I can raise my hands. You say, but pastor, I, I thought my life would bring glory if the Lord would miraculously heal me and I would run in and run around the church. Sure, that's another way to bring glory, praising and glorifying. But another way is whenever I keep doing my best, I keep being in the house of the Lord, I keep praying, I keep doing, I'm following, I'm going to keep reading, I'm going to keep worshiping. Why? Because I want to bring God glory. You say, well, oh, pastor, is this my delight? You know, even when you hold on to a promise, you hold on to a promise and, and, and you know, you say, well, I, I, I don't know. Here, here it was, I, a, a promise of, you know, are we going to make it? Well, uh, let, let, me, let me show you. Abraham, you know, the Lord tells him, leave your family. And he doesn't do it. He kind of doubted. And then he did finally leave. And you can, you know, turn to Genesis, the 12th chapter, 13th chapter, 14th chapter, 15th chapter, 16th chapter, 17th chapter. Read those chapters about this man of faith. Man of faith. And you know what? There was a lot of doubt in there too. There was a lot of times he didn't totally obey God too. There was a lot of times he struggled. And, and yet, you know, you read about this transformation finally and Lot and Sodom and angels and Sarah laughing and lots of great stories. But listen to how Paul records this journey. In Romans the fourth chapter, here's what Paul said. Who against hope believed in hope? that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith. Just because you doubt, just because things, you know, you're not, you know, it takes you 45 seconds to say thank you, Jesus. Doesn't mean that, you know, you're not strong in faith. He said, being not weak in faith, he didn't consider his own body now being dead, but he was a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah. And verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. <laughs> and being fully persuaded that what he had promised
was able to perform. <laughs> when you hang on, hope against hope, you say, I don't want to look stupid. If I say, you know what, I'm holding on a belief. I believe the Lord told me he's going to touch me or heal me. And I've had people that have said, I held on and it didn't happen. I was praying for so-and-so and it didn't happen. I prayed for my dad, my mom, my aunt, my uncle, and it didn't happen. You know what? You give God glory when you hang on despite everything. Then you make it to the point and then all of a sudden it doesn't come to pass. You know what gives God glory when you say, yes, Lord, I know we didn't, it didn't happen the way I hoped it happened. It didn't happen the way I thought you promised it would happen, but you're still a God that could have done it and I'm going to praise you anyway. I know, oh King, I'm walking into a fiery furnace, but you know what? I don't know if God will, but God is able. God is able. God God is able. When you get a hold of a promise, we bring glory to God. Because I want to tell you something. All the promises of him are yes and amen. Unto the what? Glory of God. Now you say, well, you know, And I've had people say, well, the Lord promised me I was going to get a new Ferrari. The Lord promised me I was going to get a lot of money. The Lord promised me a lot of life. The Lord promised me. And now I'm mad because he didn't do what I, he promised me. Well, you may not have heard the promise right. May have had too much broccoli. But if you did, and it was God, hang on to it and keep glorifying God. And if it doesn't come to pass, keep glorifying God. Because that's how big God is. You say, yeah, but you know what? It's yes and amen. You know what? If you want to know, if there's a verse in here that says you get the Ferrari, God bless you. I know these promises. Huh? Some of the others, I may hope against hope for. But hang on to it like Abraham. You know, Simon Peter wrote like this. Second Peter, the second epistle I write unto you, that stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers. There are people that are going to say, where is the promise of his coming? We've heard that for 2,000 years. Nothing's happened since our fathers fell asleep. All things continue. You know what he was saying? Hang on to a promise. 
I'm still believing the Lord is coming again. I remember believing when I was in high school. I graduated in 1975 and I was, I, I was convinced in 1977 in the seventh month on the seventh day on the year 1977 it would probably be the last day and I said he didn't come yet but I still believe the Lord is coming again. And then there were 88 reasons and 88 and all of the other. But guess what? I'm telling you, the Lord is still coming. He is still coming. He is coming again. And you say, well, nothing's ever going to change. Everything is changing. We see our society changing. It's a shaking up of everything. Everything is being shaken. Everything from politics to, you know, I, I mean, just the very fact that they put a car on the market that hadn't even been developed yet and it sells out before it's made the first one. All the, everything is shaken. Most of you, Order from Amazon. You didn't do that 10 years ago. Huh? Drive through and pick up groceries. Click ticket. Click it. I have people in our household that'll say, Dad, can you go by? I clicked at Kroger. I'll say no, because I can go in faster than I can sit out there and wait. <clears throat> the Bible was very clear about Hebrews. He wrote, See then you refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escaped not who refused him that spake on the earth, how much more shall we not escape, shall we escape, that turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he hath promised, saying yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also the heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifying the removing of the things that are shaken as of things that are made. I am shaking the temporary stuff off the church to get them eternally minded. All those things which cannot be shaken may remain, wherein we receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken, be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For God is a consuming fire. What are you saying? I'll talk tonight about godly fear. I know. Time. 
slipping. This shaking. When, when do you shake anybody? I know we're, you're not supposed to shake a baby when they're crying, ever. Don't shake them. But when do you shake something? You know, a windstorm blows through. What happens to all the dead tree limbs? Fall off. Huh? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some, even some that were alive. Pruning. That's why he said, I'm going to shake it to remove the, tempor the temporary from the eternal. The dead limbs fall off when the wind blows. Ever wonder why the Lord's shaking? It's refocusing my mind. What's really important? What's really important? All this isn't important. This is what's important. Huh? All of a sudden, it's like, all that? I, I, that doesn't matter at all. What really matters is by glorifying Him. <coughs> In fact, they had a whole lesson <coughs> one time on this biosphere that they tried to develop out in Arizona or something and they kept planting trees and they'd fall down because there was no wind to resist to make the roots grow deeper. Wind resistance, you know, it's kind of like exercising an exercise band. Charles Atlas, you know, isometrics. So that resistance shaking. <clears throat> Another time you shake a child, I, I've shaken children. Usually it's during the school year when they stayed up too late talking and I'm supposed to get a school lesson done You go in, dead to the world. What do you do? Hey, hey, wake up. Come on, get up. And then one usually tells on the other, she wouldn't be quiet last night. We stayed up. Another time they shake things. Used to have a big orchard down by in Arkansas that Gerber hired where they grew peaches for all of their canned peaches for children. And they had these tractors that came that had this little thing. Well, had a net that would just pick up the net, peaches flying everywhere. What was neat about it was the fact that after they went through and shook all the trees, then you could, they'd let you go in and pick peaches and by hand because almond trees, pecan trees, all of that, some of them, they shake them. 
It's the harvest, the fruit. The last thing that they shake that I could think of, I could only think of five things that need to be shaken, was um, these energy drinks, or you can stir them, sugar and iced tea, huh? You know, pour the packet in the bottle of water, take a little sip so there's room for it to shake. Because it's gross if you just let it go to the bottom. You get a slug of whatever it is. So you shake it up to unify it. Oh, the shaking that's going on in the world right now. What should it be doing to the church? It ought to be getting rid of all the dead stuff. <laughs> it needs to be making us stronger. It needs to be waking us up. It needs to be, uh, you know, harvesting what is ripe. Oh, the fruit of righteousness. It needs to be unifying us. If there was ever a time when the church ought to be more unified than ever before is whenever the wind is blowing and people are sick and people are needy. It shakes us up. I'm praying for you. You're praying for me. We're praying for each other. Oh, what are you doing? I'm feeling the shaking and we want to bring glory to Almighty God. You say, well, none of that moves me. I'm, I don't need to be unified. I don't need to be harvested. I don't need to be awakened. I'm here to tell you the entire world is rocking and reeling. They don't know what to do next. Someone sent me a blurb that said, Israel's talking about going back to masks. They're afraid of another outbreak. Hadn't happened, but there might be one. What are you, what's going on? Say, well, pastor, are you... Afraid? I'm not afraid. I realize it's the shaking time. It's time for us to get unified. It's time for all the dead limbs to fall off. It's time to get stronger than ever. Why? Because our job is to glorify God, is to glo bring glory to God. When he comes back, I want, you know, uh, the, the Bible says the angels are going to step aside. Because here comes the bride. I don't think we're going out of here in rags and tatters. We're going out being a delight and bringing glory to God. Let's stand. Oh, hallelujah. If you've been shaken this week, if your life has been turned upside down this week, I'm here to tell you, if you will plug in to the presence of God, that shaking will leave you stronger than when you came in. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're welcome to come.
us. We'll pray with you. We'll ask God to give you strength. There are people that have been shaken here. They know what it is to pray. Why don't you come?